Peace, misfits, and welcome to The Healing Space, a black and queer mental health podcast geared toward proving there is more than one way to heal. I'm your host, Sensei Raven Ekundayo, and we're back, misfits. We are now beginning season three of THS. And, okay, let's start this off with some deep transparency. As you guys heard when we finished Black Queer and Unapologetic, I wasn't necessarily sure of when I wanted to come back with the healing space. But I'd also take into consideration that before we even recorded that episode, no, no, actually I hadn't gone to Baltimore yet. I think I realized it after I came from Baltimore. I had recorded two episodes while I was in Baltimore, including this episode uh, or this conversation that you all are going to listen to today. And I realized I couldn't hold off too long, you know. Um, I wanted to come back because I didn't want these uh, episodes to be aged too much. I believe I recorded these either at the end of September or beginning of October. I think it was the end of September. So I didn't want to let too much time go by because I recorded these episodes. So I decided let's come back, especially because I really enjoyed both episodes that I recorded while I was back home. The first one that you all will be hearing will be today's episode on Blurred Life, and it is featuring my best friend, Mario Gray. Uh, We talk about a lot of stuff. Uh, It was so cool recording this episode because the truth is, is that we set this in motion months ago. Here's the funny thing though, the way the universe works out. It was always supposed to be episode 85, and I set it up to be episode 85, but when I set it up to be episode 85, it was when the show was happening more often. I hadn't had, you know, these big breaks in between that I ended up happen that I ended up having. So I assumed that we were going to no longer uh, be able to do it as episode 85. Uh, but it worked out and came right back around to the number it was supposed to be. So I'm like, there we go, universe. But yeah, we had uh, wanted to have this conversation for a really long time, and the window finally opened for us to be able to do it when I was in Baltimore. And we cover a range of topics about being a blurred, which for those of you misfits who are listening, who aren't sure what it means, it means black nerd. Uh, We talk about relationships between black nerds. Excuse me, blurreds. And the the difficulty in it when you're different types of blurreds, you know, because everyone, of course, assumes that if you're a black nerd or a nerd in general, it means one specific thing, but that's not true. You know, you could be into video games. You could be a cinephile. You know, there are all different types of blurs. So we get into what it looks like when two blurs are in a relationship. Uh, we also talk about video games. We talk about bad and good video game and comic book movies. I think you all will enjoy that or hate us because you might completely disagree. <laughs> we talk about streaming services and much more. Uh, it was a great conversation and I hope that you guys enjoy it. So let's do a check in. Because I have been gone since, what was that, the 22nd of, yeah, the 22nd of September. Uh, And a lot has happened. A lot has happened. So, first of all, to be clear with those who didn't hear the last couple of episodes, that break is a break that I take every year from the podcast. Uh, Last year, I was worn. Um, this year I was worn and it was in a different way. It, it wasn't the same, but I definitely needed a mental health sabbatical. And 
it it helped. Uh, I'm not necessarily sure where I am in this very moment as I'm recording this. I'm recording this the night before the episode goes up. So I'm recording this on the 4th of November. And I'm not necessarily sure where I am mentally, emotionally. I'm kind of, I wouldn't say all over the place. I feel, I don't know. I feel like my feet are closer to the ground than they have been in a while. So that's a good thing. I feel calmer than I have been in a while. I fall a little bit into a dark place every now and then, you know, since I've, since I took my time off, but I can honestly say I'm nowhere near as stressed. And a big part of that was separating myself from Facebook and Instagram. Now I went back on to Instagram and Facebook on Friday, which was November the 1st. And I can say that some of the feelings coming back already, but it's mostly because I didn't mind my own words and limitations that I put on myself. I said that I wasn't going to be scrolling timelines anymore. I said that I was going to go on there, post what I needed to post and then leave. Uh, when it comes to Facebook, I said that I wasn't going to engage in any heavy topics. I was not, I wasn't going to post any of my personal thoughts and feelings anymore. I was going to leave that to the podcast. Uh, <laughs> just today that ended up not happening uh, one of my friends was on Facebook talking about uh, the rearing of children and how he doesn't believe that children should be physically hit and how there's a lot of science to back it up and of course because I feel very strongly about that and I wasn't beaten as a kid and I take serious issue with those who do I decided to share my opinion and when it was done, I was like, geez, you did exactly what you said you weren't going to do. You're pulling yourself back into it again. And uh, I realize it's not easy. If you're on Facebook, it's going to be, or Instagram, or in social media in general, it's going to be difficult not to really interact like that. What I will say is that during my time away, I didn't check back once. Now in the past, including last year at this very, uh, the same time, when I took my hiatus last year, I would sneak back on. It wasn't often, but I would say probably over uh, the, the month or a little more that I was away, I did check back maybe three or four times, you know? But this time, not at all. I didn't go back once. I didn't go into Messenger. I didn't go into Instagram. I didn't go into Facebook. And more importantly, I didn't have a desire to. I had no desire to interact with anyone. Uh, I was on face, I mean, excuse me, I was on Twitter. I was on all of my accounts. I was on my personal account, my freak account, my uh, THS account, my love movement, all of them daily. And it's mostly because I don't really interact with people on Twitter like that. Um, I have, well, <laughs> I was about to say I have a good following, but compared to the amount of people that most people have on Twitter, mine would be considered nothing. Um, but for the amount of people that walk with me on Twitter, maybe five of them interact with me regularly and I have almost a thousand. So yeah, <laughs> my footprint is non-existent on Twitter. So I can feel safe there to not feel too triggered, you know? And for some reason, even though Twitter tends to be the one that is the easiest with riling people up, it's the one where I see the least amount of triggering things. Facebook will do it in a heartbeat. I'll read something on Facebook that will trigger me so fast, uh, but it's not easy for me to find it on Twitter. I don't know what that's about. Uh, but yeah, so I spent most of my time 
on Twitter, um, looking at different movie streaming shows, uh, and then this happened. I fractured my foot. <laughs> I was teaching yoga on top of Stone Mountain while I was gone, and yeah, I fractured my foot. And I would like to say that I fractured it in the middle of a pose, but no, I successfully finished my class with my students. And while they were packing up, I went to go and get some water because on top of the mountain, for those of you who have never been to Stone Mountain, on the top of the mountain, there's actually like a, a small museum slash store where you can get food and drinks and all that stuff. And so I went in there to get some water from the water fountain. And as I was walking out, my, my ankle like completely just gave in and twisted inward so i thought that i had broken um broken my ankle uh but i found out when i went to the podiatrist that i actually fractured my foot and it was a really loud pop when it happened and oh my god like i was in shock like i felt like my whole leg went numb and thankfully my students were there for me um one in particular I want to give a shout out Darian like he was on it like he was really really on it and there were these two sisters who had um ran over when they saw what happened and one of them she and Darian they helped me to uh well they were attempting to help me over to the building I was telling you all about but we were kind of having a hard time because they were either walking too fast for me or I was hopping too fast for them. So finally, this big black man just came out of nowhere. And it was the most interesting thing because I sit here asking myself, how comfortable am I in my sexuality? Or as one of my friends said, one of my friends said, it wasn't about your sexuality. It was just you as a man and being independent. It wasn't about being um, queer at all. But this man picked me up. Lord, he was so big. Um, tall, big man. He picked me up like you would carrying somebody over the threshold <laughs> like after you wed and i was like oh okay so he's walking and he's like i got this guys and he walks me over to the um the wheelchair that they have for me by the building and he sits me down and he's like i hope that everything's okay and i was like thank you sir i was still so confused because he's carrying me and i'm a whole grown man and i was like wow this is different but yeah so we end up getting to the bottom of the mountain and you know they give me ice and an ace bandage and all that and then yeah so i meet with the podiatrist they show me these x-rays i have a fractured foot um this was some weeks ago uh because i called they they told me they would call me the next day and let me know how we would go further with the procedure because this was i would probably say it took me almost three weeks to go to him you misfits hush um, I know it fits the stereotype of how men can be, but you know, when I got to him, he was like, okay, because of the amount of time that's passed, I want to get, I want to do surgery on you like right now. So let's say this was a Thursday. He wanted me in the, the following Tuesday and he said they would give you, could give me a call to let me know how we move forward. So I receive a call from someone from his office and they share with me that my deductible will be over a thousand dollars. And I gagged <laughs> and what now what <laughs> like never i've had two surgeries in my life and no not even close not even close and so i was like okay well can't do the surgery yet you know so he wanted to do a cast or a boot and but he told me that the cast and boot would have to be on my foot for over six months 
And that seemed really, really suspect to me and everyone who I shared that with. So they all said that I need to go for a second opinion. So I should be going for the second opinion this week and I'll make sure to keep you guys updated. But yeah, so our brother has been uh, on crutches or if I can be completely honest, walking around with a fractured foot. Uh, today is one of the bad days. Today's one of the days where I'm feeling it a whole lot. But I didn't feel it at all last week. So since I didn't feel it, guess what I did? I walked on it. Probably not the smartest thing. Um, felt good all week. And then out of somewhere last night, my foot was like, mm, yeah, no. <laughs> so yeah, that's one major thing that has happened since I've been away from you guys. Another is a conversation that I've been having with myself about something that I've mentioned to you all in the Misfit Universe before. And that is healthy selfishness. So... I've been battling depression and anxiety for the better part of this year. And one of the things that I finally had to say to myself during my sabbatical is that I am not comfortable with how much I show up for others, but it's often not done in return. Now, I've been very blessed as I've been, you know, very, very upfront and honest with all of you about on the podcast that since living in Atlanta, I've had people who have truly shown up for me. And I give thanks to God for the fact that I have survived because of the kindness of people in this city, you know, but those people are few. <laughs> those people are definitely few. And I give thanks for them. If we're focusing on the positive, I give thanks for them. I do. However... It has hurt a lot. One, feeling taken advantage of by people. And two, wanting to create community and seeing that it is not felt in kind. And it's hurt a lot. Um, a lot. A lot of nights where I fell into a very deep, dark depression because I focused so much on wanting to bring people together and it seems for not so I finally had to say to myself you have focused for the better part of your life on bringing other people together what would it look like if you finally started to focus on you for once and I remembered what I said to you all about healthy selfishness and I sat with it for a few days the idea of what it would look like if I stopped wanting to do so many projects that bring other people together. And if I focus solely on healing me, wondering what it would look like if I poured into me for once instead of pouring into everyone else. And I know that that completely goes against my purpose. It completely goes against why I personally believe God put me on this earth. But I also realize that in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be 40 years old. And as I step into this very new chapter of my life, what should it look like? What do I want the next decade of my, of my life to look like? And I want the next decade of my life to be filled with love and happiness and important lessons. And I feel like to the latter, it would behoove me to start with this. If the whole purpose of my fourth decade on this earth, it should be spent understanding the importance of loving me 
because I feel like if I truly do love me properly, I'll know how to help someone else to love me as well. And that's not just romantic, that's platonic too. And if I know how to show up for me enough, I won't require it from anyone, it'll just be shown, you know? And I've talked about this with one of my friends and he said to me, but it already does, you know? He's like, the way that you operate, the way that you live, it lets us know how you want to be loved. And I told him with all due respect, that could be true, but I don't feel it. I don't see it. I have some people in my life that I feel genuinely care about me the way that I care about them. And it doesn't have to be done by grand gestures, you know? And I'm not going to sit here and give rules and breakdowns for the way that I feel like I need to be loved. But I will say that I live my life doing to others as I would want them to do to me. And I often see that a lot of what it is that I'm doing isn't shown back. And I'm not going to sugarcoat the shit and say that it doesn't hurt because it does. It hurts a lot. But I also understand that when people are battling their own battles, they often don't see you wounded on the field with them. They're tending to themselves. I have made it my goal that if I am hopping with one leg, <laughs> one eye gone, you know, blood profusely shooting from my head, I am still figuring out ways that I can lift you up, put an arm around me and carry you to where you need to be. But that is who I am. I understand in this moment that that is not the way that everyone is built and that is okay. But what it does mean is that I need to stop expecting it from everyone and do it for me. And give thanks for those few people who do as well. That's where I am. So I speak, I talk to you misfits about how I put a name to every year. And the year of 2019 has been the year of uh, exploration. 2020 is going to be the year of healthy selfishness. And I usually don't, you know, I don't believe anyway. You can go back and listen to <laughs> old episodes of the podcast. I don't think I usually give out the year this early on, but it's necessary. Because one of the most important things that I learned in the time that I was gone from the podcast is that I have to show up for me. And it does mean that I'm going to have to stop putting so much emphasis and showing up for others. And I've battled with that for years. Like, but that's horrible. That's not what you're about. But I realize it's not horrible. It's self-preservation. <laughs> I, I really have to look out for me. I do. I really do. And I'm no longer ashamed of it. Healthy selfishness though, you know? So I can't give up my purpose. I can't not live in my purpose. I love helping. I love healing. But in this next chapter, in this next decade, I will know where to put a firmer no, a harder stop. I will understand that I, because I go through, because my biggest trauma is friendships, I continue to fight to be liked by people. I continue to fight to create big circles of people. And that's not needed. I understand that if I just have myself, I'm enough. But at the very least, if I have two or three really core people that I know that I can trust, that's good enough. You know? 
I also realized that I need to pour more into my immediate family. My father and I have gotten really good with sending Marcos a few times a week. And my mom and I talk pretty often on Marco Polo or over the phone. So I'm doing better in that. But I want to begin to put my focus elsewhere. In my 40th year of life, I don't want to be able to come back right before I turn 41 and say, you know what? My biggest trigger is still friendship. Is still feeling like I'll never be able to have that circle of still feeling like every time I feel close to someone, they're going to turn their back on me. Of still feeling like I'm never truly appreciated by the people that I love and adore. I don't want this to be the story this time next year. I want to be done with that. And I feel like the best way to be done with that is to start pouring more into me and expecting far less of others. It's funny. (laughs) This podcast is often like therapy for me. Being able to just talk to you misfits, even though, you know, you can't all respond immediately to what it is that I'm saying. It's a much needed catharsis for me. And so for those of you who are listening, whether you can understand or not, I thank you for continuing to listen. And the last thing as far as my check-in is that I have stopped listening to podcasts. And I don't say that as a good thing. I actually need to get back into them. But it's something I noticed. And with this being a podcast, I wanted to share that. When I removed myself from social media, I also stopped listening to podcasts. All of them. And nah. (laughs) That's not good. Um, Well, I can't say it's, I also can't say it's bad. I just realized that I completely removed myself from the opinions of others. I completely removed myself from listening to anyone's opinions, their feelings, what they're going through. I just needed to be done with all of it. And here's where I am now. Ready to start this new chapter with a couple of weeks away from 40. And that's my (laughs) check-in. Let's now go into culture of pop. So first, I want to get into the Joker. And initially, when... I planned to do this because my conversation with Mario as stated has already taken place. So I was thinking to myself, how much do I want to do for culture of pop and how much do I want to do for good news? And I made a decision that one of the things starting with this third season is that I don't want to feel the need to go on too much about things. I know that I have a brief healing, but I also feel like sometimes I just want these episodes to be nice little morsels that you can eat and then keep it pushing. And so with that being said, with Culture of Pop, I'm not gonna go too deep into it. We have three things, Joker, American Son, and Harriet. And I wanted to do, you know, me as the journalist, I wanted to go and make sure I looked up everyone's names and gave you the, you know, the the movie opened with this much of the box off and blah, 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 blah. Nah, I'm not in the mood. Healthy selfishness. I'm going to give my thoughts on each and then we're going to keep it pushing. Okay? Okay. So I saw Joker. And when I saw Joker, I loved it so much that I actually wanted to do an episode of A Brief Healing. But I said I didn't feel like it. No other excuse. I just genuinely didn't feel like it. But I thought the movie was brilliant. I absolutely believe that Joaquin not only needs to be nominated, but needs to win. And I know for some people, they feel as though because... 
it was already won by Heath Ledger that it shouldn't be again, I think that that's BS. They play two totally different Jokers. But that's not my biggest thing. My biggest thing is the backlash that this movie received because of people's fear when it comes to mental illness. They tried to focus it solely on gun ownership. And you know, I, my, my feelings go out for those who were killed in the movie theater after seeing Batman, uh, excuse me, The Dark Knight. Absolutely, my love and light go out to the families of those who lost loved ones. But that's taken away from the, mo the most important conversation, which is mental illness. And the fact that there are many people in this country who don't want to take ownership for the way that we treat those battling mental illness. And of course, with us understanding mental illness, there are many different types. And the idea of someone being broken the way that Arthur Fleck was, and people not wanting to realize that we can be the ones who push people to that point, I think is irresponsible. To think that someone just wakes up one day and they're bad is bullshit. And that movie is a very good indicator of what can happen when someone is pushed to their breaking point. And you do yourself a disservice, any misfits who are listening who disagree, you do yourself a great disservice in thinking that it's not on our hands. Treat people with kindness. Treat people with respect. There we go. You can do research on so many serial killers and see what it is that they went through, the trauma that they experienced. And you can't come back and say, well, I was beaten or I was treated this way and I didn't do that. That's bullshit. We're all different people. So you can't assume that because you didn't react a certain way because of the trauma that you experienced that someone else has to act the exact same way. That's not realistic. Not by far, you know? With some of the kids that are on my campus, one of the most intriguing things that I found out at my job was that a person can live their life. You can be 30, 40 years old and never have an episode that is traumatic enough to trigger your schizophrenia. But the minute it happens, you can never go back. And it blew my mind. I had no clue that schizophrenia worked that way. It's, it's there, it's just somewhere buried deep, locked away in your living life. You're perfectly fine unbelievably functional in life and there's something that triggers you something that snaps and the minute it happens you now have schizophrenia and there is no pill that you can take that will suddenly take it away from you that's powerful and so people come back making it seem like what it is that arthur experienced was so simple so easy you know he made the choice to turn and blah, 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 blah. You can't say that. You don't blame anything on the, the, the kids who stole his sign. You don't blame anything on the man who set him up with the gun. You don't blame anything on the people who beat him on the subway train. None of this. All of this is up to him and he could have turned a blind eye and did something else. 
You just expect that a person can be treated like he is less than his entire life and not eventually get fed up. Human beings can't take ownership that we should just treat everyone with respect and love. So for me, when I left out of the theater, all I kept thinking to myself is that I pray for people like that. And I also realized that it's because of people like him that I will continue my journey of love and light. And you know why? And I know this really pissed people off. And if you haven't guessed already, this is spoilers like crazy. So um, I'll make sure to put it in the description that it's spoilers. But the, the scene where he's in his apartment and he kills the guy who set him up for the, with the gun, the little person who was in there with him, Arthur lets him go. And he says to him, you were always nice to me. And there we go. Because people are under the impression that because you're quote unquote mad, you're mad, you're just gone. You have no sense of reason. But the truth is, all he wanted to do was be seen. And you misfits hear me talk about that on the podcast all the time. The importance of being seen by other people. I exist. I am here. I am a fully realized human being and you treat me as if I am invisible. All it takes is one. One person to see you. And that little person saw him. And he appreciated it. And so he got to live. Is what he did right? No. You should never take another life. Absolutely never. I am personally the kind of person that people think is controversial because I'm here for the idea of someone killing someone you love and then you meet with them and you pray with them. I know that the majority of people listening to this will probably disagree, but I live my life the same way every single day. One thing you'll never be able to say about Raven is that he bullshits about his principles and his beliefs. I do not. If someone harms someone you love, what does it benefit you to see them put into the electric chair or get lethal injection? It's satisfying in the moment, but it doesn't bring back the person you love. So I can't get with it. I, I don't rock with it, you know? My thing is, is that I want to see better for them. I want you to live a better life. I want you to spend your life, even if it's more than just one person you've killed, atoning for all of those lives that you've taken by getting better, by seeking help, by reforming who you are. That's the world I want. I want a world of people who genuinely want to get better. Not because the system says you have to get better, but because you received enough love and light after what it is that you've done to make you believe you're capable of doing that. I don't think that this should be controversial, but I know that we live in a world where people want you to be damned. I want you to pay for what it is that you did to somebody that I loved. I'll never get them back, but knowing that your suffering brings me some warped sense of peace. This is the world that we live in. I hope and pray that people take something powerful out of Joker. And I hope that it's not that we need to condemn people who do what it is that he did. Learn to love. Learn to see people. Okay. American Son. 
American Sun was amazing. It premiered on Netflix this past Friday. Give them all the awards. Give them all the awards. Kerry Washington, I do not know how you were able to do what you did eight times a week on Broadway. Don't. I just don't. There won't be any spoilers for this uh, because, like I said, it just came out on Friday. So people should have an opportunity to see it. So I won't give any spoilers. But what I will say is that that was amazing acting. Amazing. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. This is what I'm talking about, y'all. Like, okay, I can't give anything away. I can't give anything away. But just know, and this I'll say and it won't give anything away. With what they had to work with, they killed it. And I guess that's the wrong terminology. With what they had to work with, they wore it out. They wore it out. Kudos to all of them. Sincerely. And Carrie, ugh. I didn't see Olivia once. I didn't see Olivia one time. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> it was so... But, but, to, to Carrie's credit, everything that she's done during the time that she was on Scandal and after Scandal, I haven't seen Olivia. So I really think that says a lot about her. And then Harriet. So I haven't seen Harriet, so you guys don't have to worry about me talking about anything. But what I will say is that the movie has received a lot of praise, and I was one of the people who said I didn't care to see it. I can be honest about that. However, I made that comment to um, one of my close friends on Friday, and the movie has done well. And a lot of people, including a lot of the Think Piece warriors, have said that they enjoyed the movie. They did. Got an A-plus cinema score. And I believe it had like 80-something or 90-something on Rotten Tomato. I think 92, maybe. Don't quote me on that. But needless to say, it has done very well. And it grossed, I believe, 12 million when they thought it would only do eight or something like that. So kudos, kudos to everyone affiliated. Uh, I am one of the rare people who didn't understand all of the hoopla around Cynthia Erivo and people thinking she shouldn't play the part. And you know, you guys who listened to the episode with BHW, Damone and I know where I stand when it comes to um, British actors being able to play African-American roles. You know that I don't agree with a lot of people who feel like they shouldn't be able to. I say, why not? Uh, but yeah, so with that being said, I don't get it. I hope that she receives all of her flowers. And I hope the movie continues to do well. So kudos to you all. With that being said, we are done with Culture of Pop. And we're now going to move into my conversation about Blurred Life with Mario Gray. I hope that you all enjoy it. I hope that you get a lot out of it. A lot out of it. Take your time. <laughs> and I'll see you all on the other side for good news. Enjoy. We are back, Misfits, and as I told you guys at the beginning of the show, this has been kind of, like, sitting for a minute. Um, my, my guest this week, who you guys have heard on the podcast before, we agreed to do this podcast earlier this year, and for whatever reason, and there were quite a few, we ended up not being able to do it, but I am in Baltimore right now, and we were finally able to make it happen. 
the blurred episode of the Healing Space podcast. So welcome my best friend back to the Healing Space, Mr. Mario Gray. Welcome, sir. Hey, what's going on? What's going on? What's up? (laughs) (laughs) Back again. (laughs) I was about to say that you'll be coming to us as our uh, resident blur at this time, but that's pretty much how you live your life. So it's not like, you know, something you just put on and take off. This is just who you are. Yeah, it's like Clark Kent, but... I don't put the glasses on. Okay. Or or I just look exactly the same. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to think of people. Or like Yu-Gi-Oh, where he just gets slightly taller. Come on. Here we go. You're starting already. You're starting already. Okay. So if someone was to ask you, what is a blurred, what would you say? So a blurred, I mean, well, simply put, it's a black nerd. But it's, uh, it's a lifestyle of being able to express yourself through through different means of uh, animation, video games, um, through music, all kinds of things that are typically um, shunned by people, like things that are childish, like right. uh, stuff that you should not want to do anymore once you get a certain age. Um, I think all of those things encompass being a blur, just being proud and comfortable with liking things that are traditionally looked at as childish. Right. Now, to, to go along with that, being a nerd in general, of course, you know, we're talking about being a black nerd, but being a nerd in general, the look of it has changed a whole lot, wouldn't you say, like probably over the past decade? Or would you say even earlier than that? Yeah, I, I think that's become much more popular. And it's, it's, it's sexy now. Yes. It's like, uh, it's something that like, like cosplaying and, and um liking like gaming and stuff like that has become a lot more popular like right these days you can become a millionaire from playing video games like Absolutely. either by being a streamer or um a youtuber or uh playing in esports playing mortal Kombat and sports games and stuff like that so it's definitely become much more uh acceptable yeah to be uh, into like t- things that are traditional, uh, traditionally considered nerdy, right? And it's funny because I'm going to use the word blurred, but it's, <laughs> it's there's kind of like a blurred line now of being the cool kid and being a nerd. You you, you really can kind of exist in both spaces. Yeah, it's just like uh, the Devil Wears Prada. They they all want to be us, right? <laughs> <laughs> they all, yes, they all. Want to be <laughs> so start me at the beginning of your journey as a blurred. Like, when did you first kind of realize that you were kind of different? So uh, my whole life, I kind of was into um, like blurdy nerdy things right um like i i love video games i've loved them forever i used to collect comic books like sonic the hedgehog comic books x-men um i liked video game soundtracks so when most people were listening to like rap and r&b and stuff i'm walking around listening to uh, super mario 64 songs and stuff on my phone for the record one of the major ways i knew you were a blur when we first met mm-hmm. was your love of, of video game soundtracks <laughs> i'm serious like oh, i was yeah, like I you don't hear that you. every day you did <laughs> to um final fantasy 10 yes that was the first time i ever had music from a video game on my phone i was like this is real right now it's amazing it's like a whole symphony yes and, and people just don't play it anymore like oh i'm just playing this little game or whatever but it's a lot of talent and work that goes into making these things and Mm -hmm. i I don't think people um really give it as much credit as it deserves they don't yeah so what what was life like for you like did you feel like you had a lot of friends who understood you 
Or did you kind of feel, because I feel like for a lot of us as Blurreds, a lot of our backstories is that we often felt like we were isolated. We didn't feel like people really understood us. Exactly. Um, and we'll probably talk later about um, an initiative that uh, me and one of my friends started. Yeah. But isolation is one of the big things that uh, plagued me, I guess, throughout right. life. Like I felt uh, like besides you, it was not many people that I felt like understood my love of video games and my my obsession with Super Mario and all those types of stuff. Like even now. When people see that I have like tattoos and a whole bunch of like plushies and stuff like that, people are just like looking at me kind of crazy. Like, right? What is this all about? Like, why? Why do you like this so much? Yeah. So, um, definitely, isolation was something that you have to kind of deal with, especially like in dating. Cause, mm-hmm. uh, it's sometimes guys can look at you kind of weird when they perceive you in this certain kind of way, and then when you like stuff that goes outside of the norms like out of outside of liking beyonce and Nicki minaj yes and yes going to clubs <laughs> and bars and stuff like that which nothing is wrong with those things yeah but uh sometimes when you like stuff outside of those boundaries um it could be a little iffy so let's get into the mental health piece of that because as us as blurs, of course you know we can kind of look back on our life and kind of ask ourselves why is it at the ages that we are because this isn't uh, a queer thing it's not a cis hetero thing like men you know there of course there are women too but men you see a long history of us being people who play you know people would always get on you for being 40 50 still playing video games mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff you know so from a mental health piece you personally why do you think that there is a deep connection that we hold and still have for all of these things that people might assume we should be done with decades earlier um, so I think it's multiple things. I think one, it's kind of nostalgic. Like it, I know whenever I play like Donkey Kong Country or, or, um, like one of the original Super Mario's or whatever, yeah. um, it takes me back to like a simpler time of being a child. Mm-hmm. Um, not in the sense that like, oh, I want to be a kid again, yeah. but it, 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 it's kind of like drinking uh some like a, a hot drink over at, at christmas or something right. like that like it reminds you of a simpler time family and fun and yeah like when you got that new video game console you ran downstairs on christmas morning mm-hmm. and open it up and then oh it's, it's a super nintendo right. and like yeah. and excitement and like yeah, all your cousins you were get. there yeah. and you're, you're all playing video games all day and it it, it gives that rush of excitement um, and another reason I think that it's an escape in a, in a way, mm-hmm. not not in a unhealthy way, like you're trying to be somebody else, but you get that opportunity to live lives that you probably wouldn't be able to live any other way. Like yeah. You can get those kinds of things from books, but when you play a video game, it's kind of like you step into, you have an avatar to do things that you want you may have wanted to do before right like you're able to save the princess or fly around in a in a, a mech suit or use uh, magical powers and stuff like that it's things that we used to think about in our imaginations and now you're able to do that in in very high definition yeah <laughs> right and and just live these different lives and and then like oh i don't want to do this today i can be something else and then it it just goes on from there so i think for me, those two things are the major reasons why, at least uh, for me and some of my blurred friends, like why we enjoy video gaming so much. Yeah. 
I, I got so into what you were saying that I almost forgot what it was I was about to say. <laughs> um, I, I think that for a lot of us, it is kind of going in line with what you said. It is a, a great exhale, you know? Mm. It's like it, like a lot of people, uh, especially uh, millennials, complain about adulting. Mm-hmm. And it's, like you said earlier, an escape. It's like, okay, I have to do... It, it really is self-care. And I don't think a lot of people realize that gaming, reading comic books, all these things is self-care for us because we go through a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, and being able to tap into these things gives us an opportunity to just have that, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that's why I always thought it was interesting the kind of judgment that people would give toward these things because I'm like, your judgment is keeping me from being able to be as sane as I can be. Exactly. You know? Who knows the kind of person I could be if I didn't have this release? You feel me? And so, yeah, I I definitely feel you when it comes to that. Yeah, definitely after a long day of work or a long week of work. Right. um, I I definitely turn on my PlayStation and play for hours. And, uh, (laughs) like, I even had to have a like he's my my uh current partner or boyfriend whatever yeah he's also a nerd but he's not necessarily a video game nerd he's mm-hmm. a nerd in another kind of way but i but we had to have that conversation as well like i need to do this like it's not me ignoring you or anything yeah. but i need my decompression time mm-hmm. and i need to play this game and no matter how you see it if, if it's like silly or whatever the case is i need it so that I don't explode. Right. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. So once, once we had that kind of conversation, like, uh, I can show up that. for you better. If you let me play these video games. Exactly. <laughs> Listen, <Yes>. like, <laughs> <laughs> I need a shirt that says that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Some people need their coffee. I need, I need my decompression video game. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and it's, it's so funny because you gave me two different directions to go in with that. Um, so I want to make sure that I touch on both. One, the direction of there being more than one kind of blurred, you know, where you will be under the impression it's just video games, but Mm -hmm. actually I could be a comic book blurred, I could be a cinemaphile, you know, it's like all these different directions you could go in. But also you brought up a really unique conversation, which is when you get two blurreds in a relationship and the fact Mm -hmm. that who you are as blurs could be totally different in how mm-hmm. you navigate that. So, okay. So do your best to remember that one. I'm going to start talking about the prior one. Okay. Okay. So a lot of people assume that if you're blurred, it means that that's just it. It's just, you're blurred. It means that you're into anything that's nerdy. Mm-hmm. No, that's not true. You know, mm-hmm. um, like, and I tell people all the time, like with Ian, with Ian, with your boyfriend, there's a certain area of tech, you know, that they may be, this is where they excel in. Right. Man, you could be like, what? And, I, and I'm not there. Right. I don't know <laughs> what you're talking about. Does like, this work? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but when it comes to video games, we could begin to talk about stuff and they may be like, sure, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you want. Or in the case of somebody like Ian, he's into both. But when I then begin to talk about books, he's like, nah, I don't got you. Like, you. You've completely lost me on that fantasy stuff. Like, Lord of the what? No, I can't help you. Yeah, a lot of times people will be like, uh, well, you like video games, so that just automatically means you like anime. And I'm like, oh, I mean, I, I do. Right. But, <laughs> but I don't know this random one that you're, like, naming. Yes. <laughs> like, I mean, I'll, I'll, I will be very transparent, and, and I'm sure some players will be mad at me for this, but I, I know the 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 main ones the ones that everybody knows so yeah um like it's been 
a, a goal of mine to get more back back into anime, but video. I'm more into gaming and yeah. stuff. Like usually while I'm gaming, I'm listening to like a. I'm a nerd that will like listen to documentaries while I'm playing games. Mm-hmm. So that's like my kind of thing. Like anime is fun. I love seeing people cosplay and things like that, but it's not my go-to. Yeah, I am definitely a docu blurred. Yes. I, don't, I don't know if I just created a new term or <laughs> um, I can get as a matter of fact that was one of the things that I originally loved about our friendship and that and I tell everybody all the time I'm like there's a certain uh, ceiling that you have to reach for friendship because there are unique things that Mario and I have done specifically that I don't have with a lot of my other friendships. One, Mario, not to get off onto a little tangent, but Mario and I can drive in a car for hours and not speak to each other. Yes. And that <laughs> is disturbing to a lot of people. <laughs> and for us, I'm like, it's so relaxing. I could go to Mario's apartment and we'll be sitting there and I will be reading a book and he'll be playing video games and we are both content as shit. <laughs> like... I'm always so confused when people are like, oh, we need to always fill the, the void with talking. Like, um, there's not that much to talk about in the world. Like, <laughs> I feel like at some point we're going to run out of things to talk about. Yes. Like, and, and, it's, and if you're uncomfortable around that person without talking, then I might, you might want to rethink. Right. <laughs> like, like, what kind of friendship do y'all actually have? Like, exactly. What is that? Like, so. Exactly. Like, okay, so great blurred moment. So The Walking Dead. You want to tell everybody about that? About that? Video game, so yeah, so The Walking Dead was a a a, ta- a telltale game um, from maybe like six, five, six years ago. It definitely was longer than I thought. <laughs> yeah. when I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, that was a little minute yeah, ago. It was a long time ago. Um, <laughs> but it was it was one of the well, I played a game before that that was kind of similar with that whole decision making thing. Yeah, but it was really an interesting, eye opening kind of game where you. Um, kind of live through the eyes of this guy. Um, cannot think of his name. Well, anyway, right. <laughs> you are living through the, the eyes of this guy going through the zombie apocalypse and you find this little girl named Clementine mm-hmm. and you have to take care of her uh, because her parents were killed in the zombie apocalypse and you have to make all these different decisions and stuff like that. And uh, But in spoilers, you die at the end. Right. <laughs> but the whole thing is basically you trying to teach, like trying to race against time to teach her how to take care of herself right. uh, before you die. And it was one of... I, I, I really like the idea that video gaming can be used for more than just like shooting and stuff like right. that like you can tell a, a hard a whole story. story yeah 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 and 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 do things that like that typically cinema and, yes. and things would do in the form of video game and you can make decisions as well that mm-hmm. kind of shape the story so that was definitely one of my favorite experiences playing video games mm-hmm. and one of the reasons why i wanted him to tell you guys that story is because it was great friendship bonding for us because I would literally just come over and watch him play and like we were both experiencing this story together and it was it was really cool because there are some people who feel like they have to be in it Mm -hmm. like actually playing with you but it's enjoyable to watch somebody through the journey and be with them as they're finding these new things and all that stuff and that game was perfect for that because of course again it wasn't something you know this shoot them up where this is all you're doing the entire time you know all these Mm -hmm. things it was intricate it was deep. There were quiet moments that would catch you off guard. 
there were, you know, like backstabbing moments where you're like, wait a minute, what happened? <laughs> like, um, it was it was really, really cool. And you could make so many different decisions, mm-hmm. you know, like it didn't have to be the same decision that you made before that you get to make it again if you played the game all over again. Yeah, like certain um, people would live and die and stuff. Yes. So it, was de- it was definitely very... It, it, it reminded me of back when I used to like... Um, did you ever read those choose your adventure books mm-hmm. like when, yeah so I used to it was I, like that yeah yes even though I would cheat and just like do all of the, the like I would just keep the, I would put a bookmark in the page and be like oh what happens if you do this oh okay well let me do the other thing oh you died doing that okay let me go back so yes. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm, I'm sure I would live I would like my life, actual life to be like that yeah <laughs> <laughs> let me just do this oh let me, let me, it didn't work out let me rewind right let me rewind <laughs> turn, no. the, turn the pages back <laughs> <laughs> that, that date literally wasted my time let me go back <laughs> right I, I don't ever want to experience this again <laughs> I could have actually been on playing a video game right now so <laughs> I could have went and got food like. <laughs> yeah could have been filing my nails <laughs> I can't. Okay. So let's real quick. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Um, I wanted to touch on the whole relationship thing. Yes. So being two different blurs, you know, two different types of blurs in a relationship together. Mm-hmm. So I know you touched a little bit on that, but have not just in your current relationship, but in the past, have you found that? Have you kind of found yourself having to explain that just because this is what you're into as a nerd, that's not necessarily me. This is what I enjoy. Or have other people taken issue with you and your love of gaming and anime and things of that nature in relationships? So <clears throat> I think it's, it's rare that I dated a blurred before. Yeah. Or in even if they were blurred, they weren't as big of a blurred, I guess. Yeah. For lack of a better uh, like term. So this is the first time that I felt like we were kind of equal, just mm-hmm. on, on different... We were equal, but on different mountaintops, I guess. Right. So he's really into, uh, like, computer programming and things like that, like, stuff that I thought that I would want to be into, but, right. then, but then math happened. <laughs> so... <laughs> so I dropped out of that. Um, but, but yeah, uh, so we do play games together sometimes. Like, he... he uh, doesn't like to play as much as I do mm-hmm. um, and then he likes Pokemon and I'm not as into Pokemon as I used to be yeah. and stuff like that so we kind of uh, find ways to play with each other and and still have fun. <laughs> play with each other uh, okay, go ahead. <laughs> well then that's that after but yes come on <laughs> keep on the joysticks yeah <laughs> That that would be a great blurred porn. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Joystick. <laughs> I want them to sound just like that when they say it. Too. <laughs> like in the seventies when they used to introduce the porn. Joysticks. Right, joysticks. <laughs> a thrilling adventure <laughs> through the digital world. <laughs> Oh, uh, if that came out now, I swear, with the little grainy footage and everything. Yes, I need it. I'm like, oh, my controller died. Oh, no. Oh, I got a controller. Right. <laughs> oh, no, it's so big. <laughs> so done. Anyway. <laughs> Were you done with that? Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> I think we still got a lot to get through. Right. <laughs> okay. So real quick, I wanted us to name off some of our favorite um, movie. Wait a minute. What was I saying? 
comic book and video game movies and then our worst comic book and video game movies. Okay. So real quick, here's something that I thought was funny that I found out. As I was doing my lists, I found out that my favorites were all comic book movies mm. and my worst were all video game movies. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Definitely. <laughs> well, I almost want to do the worst first, but no, right. no, let, let's because you were looking forward let, to that. Yes, let, let's start off with let's start off on a good foot, <laughs> and then we can we can swing back around at the end right. with some positivity. <laughs> a sandwich. <laughs> okay, so what do you consider to be some of your favorite, uh, either video game or comic book movies? So definitely all of the. Um, Avenger movies, mm-hmm. they, they were all amazing. Black Panther, um, Spider-Man 2, the mm-hmm. other one with, uh, what was his name? Are you talking Tobey about? Tobey Maguire. Okay. Um, A lot of people didn't care for the uh, Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies. I don't think anybody did. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were cool. Well, I only saw the first one. I never saw the one with Jamie Foxx. I saw the other one. I actually saw the, the second one recently when i was getting my hair done like three Mm -hmm. weeks ago it was on in the salon and i was just looking at it and i was bored (laughs) and i I was unsure of why jamie fox was there and why he was acting like that because it was it was so strange (laughs) i don't really know the electro or the shock or whatever his name is i don't don't really know his backstory like that but it it just felt out of place right he's like some random person and spider-man saved him he was like oh you you forgot my name, so I'm going to try to kill you now. Like, oh. it was just like, okay. Right. <laughs> okay, girl. What you got to do? <laughs> but um, what else do I like? Um, I don't know. I'm try- I'm really thinking hard. Outside of, like, the the um, Marvel movies, what was good? It's funny, because in you talking, you actually made me realize that I do have some worst comic book movies. Yeah, so, yeah. I, so so come back to me I'll, at the end of the sandwich. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll probably have thought of some more, but for right now, it's just the Marvel movies. Got you, except for Thor. Right. <laughs> now, is it Thor and Thor: The Dark World, or just Thor? Um, because Ragnarok was pretty good. I don't think I've seen that one. I, 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 I okay. I'll, I'll put a caveat and say that. I don't really care for Thor. So that's probably why. Until Ragnarok, I didn't either. So yes, I don't think most of America cared. Yeah, I, I need him with other people. Like, I, I just... Touche. I don't, I don't... And Captain America too. Listen. Wait, Captain America 2 is a favorite? No, Captain America, I need him with other people. Oh, I didn't, okay. I didn't oh really Captain care. America 2 meaning also. Got yeah, you. Okay. I, I, I didn't really care for any of his movies until uh, Civil War. That was a Captain America movie, right? That was um, yes, it yeah. actually was. It was the third one. Yeah. Really? Now, see, it's funny because that's a that's a great transition because I actually put these in order of my favorites. Um, well, with the exception of the sixth one because the sixth one just came to me. But my number one comic book movie of all time is actually Captain America's second one, which is Winter Soldier. That is my favorite. Mm. Now, mind you, it was a, you know, that was like team, though, in a way, because he was with um, I was Scarlet Witch, Scarlet Johansson. But, um, ooh, what's her name? Black Widow. Black no. Widow. I mean, well, and, it, it was Scarlet um, Johansson. Right. And <laughs> Nick Fury. And so all of them were in it. But it was it was the first time, with the exception of The Dark Knight, where I'd seen a comic book movie that really gave this feeling. Batman Returns. I, but, I forgot. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I forgot. Yes. Batman Returns and... Um, 
the last Batman of the la- of that that new series. Um, oh, the one that had um, Bane with, and Catwoman. Yes, that one. Thank. You. I've never met so many people hate that movie. I'm well, so glad to hear that you said you liked it because I liked it too. We so. could have kicked out that woman in the in the in the bodysuit, aka the person that was trying to be Catwoman. But what you won't do is <laughs> she come was for just, my girl. I mean, I loved her in the Devil Is <laughs> Prada, but she was literally just some lady that was a thief. Like she was. Not well, you you got to keep in mind that the way that Christopher Nolan told the story, she couldn't be that kind of Catwoman. She could have. They like, never even. She they didn't even use names. Like, she couldn't have been called Catwoman. I mean, but were... she could have been more than just a lady that rode motorcycles. <laughs> <laughs> like, she got on a motorcycle a couple of times, and she had on a bodysuit. Like, like she was... They were trying to make it realistic, like it happened in the real world. I mean, I... <laughs> I mean, I, I, I would even have took Halle Berry in there. Okay, like... now you stop. No, no. Moving on. <laughs> moving on. <laughs> I'm sorry. That, that movie's a guilty pleasure for me. Like, I... I had a lot of fun with the Catwoman movie. Nobody would have assumed you would have put this on that side of the list, I, on me, this side of the sandwich. Nobody. So would have. me, so uh, my friend Jay and me, my friend Jay and Brandon watched that movie together, and I wish we would have recorded the commentary because it was it was hilarious. It was like uh, what was that Space Theater three thousand? Yes. It was just like that, and it was. I, <laughs> I had so much fun with that movie. So y'all treat Halle Berry's Catwoman like most black people treat Prussia. Like it wasn't supposed to be a comedy, but black people have made it into a comedy. Okay. Well, that's different because <laughs> the, the, the they don't look the people that made it don't look like make it, it out to be a comedy. But right. Halle Berry laughs at it. <laughs> like, she does. She does. She received a Razzie and everything for that movie. Yes. <laughs> but um, as a matter of fact, did she did she make Catwoman the same year as Monsters Ball? Because I'm trying to remember the same it was, it was year after. Okay. I, I think it was not too long after. Okay, because she got a Razzie for Catwoman. I mean, she got a Razzie. I don't know for what movie, but she got a Razzie the same year she got her Oscar. So everybody was like, I think it's only happened twice in history. Maybe she and Sandra Bullock both got Razzies the same uh, year that they ended oh, up Oh, so it might have been that. Because cause that was something she mentioned in her speech. Like, I was on the top of the world and blah, right. blah, blah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> okay, so Winter Soldier was my first one. Um, Batman Returns absolutely goes in there because there will never, quite literally never be a Catwoman like Michelle Pfeiffer. I don't know if it's possible to have yeah. a Catwoman like Michelle Pfeiffer. It's still my favorite costume. Still yes. my favorite portrayal. Tim Burton wore that out. He like, really did. The atmosphere, like the, yeah. Like yeah. The penguin was there. I was about like... to say, Danny DeVito's penguin is classic to me. Seriously. They just did that right. Yeah, every real. time I watch um, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, I still, I, I still, still see it. I still see it. I still see it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> so, okay. So, Endgame, um, Avengers Endgame. Uh, also, Avengers Infinity War. I love both of those. Black Panther, of course. Um, Dark Knight. That's my favorite one out of those three. Okay. Um, when they had the Joker. Uh, Heath Ledger killed it and I'm actually really looking forward to Joaquin Phoenix in the new Joker movie so I watched some reviews I heard it I heard it is good but mm-hmm. it's very different like it's, it's kind of like an artsy kind of low yes. budget type movie yeah so it, it should be interesting and and that's what makes me because you know me I'm always watching previews and all that stuff so I'm kind of I'm I have a really good understanding of what the story is supposed to be about, and the fact that Scorsese was originally supposed to be behind the movie. Mm. So a lot of the feel of it has um ooh it was a is a Robert De Niro movie 
made by Scorsese that was all about comedians. It's completely left me now. Um, but yeah, kind of have a feeling of, I think, like two different Scorsese films. Mm. So I'm like, okay, I could see it going for that kind of more artsy feel. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. But yeah, Dark Knight was great. Uh, and then also Into the Spider-Verse, Academy Award winning Into the oh, Spider-Verse. Oh, I, for, I forgot. Yes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that, 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 yes, that was a very, that was an excellent movie. That's the first movie in a long time that I saw twice in theaters. That's how much I liked it. Mm. Um, and because everybody saw Black Panther like four, I have a friend who saw Black Panther four times in theaters. I only saw it once. Enjoyed it a lot, but I only saw it once. A lot of people don't like Black Panther. Really? There's like this like sect of people that think Black Panther is overrated. And I'm wow. Just like, yeah. That's intriguing to me. Yeah. I find that intriguing. It's a thing. Now, there are things that I didn't like about it. I could be def- definitely be honest about that. Mm-hmm. Um, like, spoiler for any of you who, that, for that one person on Earth who didn't see the film. <laughs> um, I think it was silly of them to kill Claw because Claw is a major villain of Black Panther so to kill him in the first movie he's in of Black Panther seemed really silly to me um, and Wait, to be his, you mean Killmonger? no uh uh-uh. uh Claw was the one who Killmonger killed the white guy with the hand oh yeah he's a major Black Panther villain so the fact that they killed him off in the first film was like what was the purpose of even having him in um Avengers Age of Ultron I'm like, why even introduce him and have him in more than one film if you're just gonna kill him oh, off I when never it comes down? You never saw Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. To me, it was the worst of the. What was it? it's four Avengers movies, right? Or five? Something um, like that. Yeah. I heard that. That's why I never saw it. It was horrible. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it had funny moments, mind you. It actually had moments where I screamed with laughter. But when you're looking at the overall scope of the Marvel movies, no, it ranks pretty low on the list. And I never cared about Ultron. True. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They brought Vision. It was worth it because Vision was created because of that. Um, but he's gone now. So um, until WandaVision on Disney Plus, until WandaVision. But anyway, we can have a whole conversation about that because I'm like ready on a whole different blurred level for Disney Plus. Hmm. People are not going to see me. I'm going into a cave, <laughs> <laughs> binging on a whole Speaking new. Speaking of, do you watch those the, uh, like that DC Network, DC um, Universe? No, Network thing? actually. Okay. They're, they're beginning to have a little bit too many streaming services for me. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, it's making it kind of difficult because I'm like, you're not just going to take everybody's money. Have everyone paying eight ninety nine for every damn thing. Like, that adds up. Yeah. Like, no. I, I heard mixed reviews of the um, the Titans show. I have too. And like, in the beginning. <laughs> mm. I, in, in Starfire, because she's an alien, you can't say if she's supposed to be black or white. Mm-hmm. But what the direction they decided to go in like I would have been here for a black woman being Starfire all day but the decision they decided to go in she looks very much like she's just a sex worker on the corner to me I don't really understand I'm like I don't I don't get where where's the Starfire in this like I mean well to be fair in the movies mm-hmm. she I mean in the like animated movies she does I mean, she, they always do have her, like, half-naked. Well, yes, absolutely. She's, when the, the way that they made her in the comic books was very sex-driven. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, and I don't, but I don't even mean in that sense. Like, the outfit is one thing. She never gave off, like, in any of the photos I saw from the show, mm-hmm. she didn't give off superhero. Like, the way they dressed her didn't give that. If she was scantily clad, we could have a conversation about maybe in 2019 she shouldn't be. But I would have been fine with that as long as she like she was looking to kick ass. Mm. She literally looked like she had a purple trench coat on the corner. Like, how, how, <laughs> how can I help you, baby? Like, I'm like, doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> Lady Mama. Uh, yes, listen. <laughs> I can't. 
Okay, so see your favorite part now. So let's get into the worst ones. Okay, so <laughs> there are multiple. Um, let's start with Dragon Ball Evolution. One of the worst anime films I've ever seen in my entire life. And Dragon Ball, uh, I know I said earlier that anime isn't necessarily my thing, but Dragon Ball has always been one of my favorites because I watched it when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And Dragon Ball Evolution, first it whitewashed it with some random white guy as Goku. And they love doing that. Yeah. He wasn't <laughs> a good Goku. The story was ridiculous because they didn't even, they put it kind of like in the real world and he was like in high school or something. Oh. Which doesn't make seriously? sense. Seriously? Yeah. And like him and, 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 and Chi Chi was in school and they like, he was like fighting bullies with like. Uh, crouching tiger powers and stuff. Huh. I'm just like, what? What is happening? Like Goku did not go to school. Right. Like he was flying around on the cloud as as like a little boy <laughs> fighting fighting uh, villains and shit. So that that movie was was horrendous and it, and whoever made it needs to be like beat. With, yes. <laughs> with a bamboo trunk or something. Um, and the last Airbender. Um, oh my god. <laughs> Oh, I, not enough said. <laughs> the yeah, last, literally. I, last Airbender. Anyone who listens to this podcast has heard me go in on that a new a number of times. Lord. Okay, Last Airbender. Um, all of the Resident Evil movies besides the first one. Um, mm -hmm. the last one. Oh, you actually saw the last one? I saw basically yes. Okay, and it was. I'm glad it's over. <laughs> that, that's that's all I have to say about that. It, it, I just I'm just glad it's over, and hopefully they can reboot it and not put a damn Mary Sue that has all the powers in the world. Because my thing is, if I lived in a world, oh, wait, real real quick, because I know what Mary Sue means, but can you explain to the misfits? Oh, just like some avatar that doesn't really have any personality or anything. She's just there, right? To to like embody this. The audience i guess right but <laughs> um <clears throat> but yeah like i they need to redo it with a, a character that doesn't have all these powers because it makes no sense that anybody dies because she she has in one of the movies she had like psychic powers like why <laughs> i would be mad if i'm just hanging out with her and then oh no i got bit bitch you knew right. <laughs> you knew you you could have just like <laughs> fucking uh, uh gene grayed him away but you just let him kill me and then you going to do backflips off a bill like off the top of a skyscraper and do all this other stuff, but I'm already dead. So. Right. <laughs> like, no, I'm, I'm good. So you're going to get away, but I'm gone. <laughs> right. Like, no. <laughs> um, what, what, what were some other, oh, the Super Mario movie. Mm. Um, everybody knows that movie was terrible. Listen, terrible's being nice. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't even, like, the people in the movie didn't even like the movie. Yes. Like, um, John Leguizamo and, uh. What's the, the main Bob guy? Hoskins. Bob Hoskins. Yeah, they hated it. And they were drunk the whole time. <laughs> like, I watched a, um, a doc. I watched, like, this, like, little documentary thing about it. And they were yeah. drunk the entire time. Hilarious. Yeah. Like, it was a terrible thing. But I, I, I do want one of those staff movie jackets. I saw one on eBay. Mm -hmm. And it was, like, $100. So, I'm keeping an eye out for that. The, uh, <laughs> the only good thing that came out that movie, and I never thought I would even use that sentence in regards to this film, but the only good thing that came out of that movie was my uh, initial crush. He's gotten older and I no longer see him that way. But my initial crush on John Leguizamo, he was hot as hell to me in that movie. 
Yeah, and wasn't that one of his first movies? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess yeah. he was like kind of discovered yes. there or something. <laughs> yeah. Even though it still doesn't make sense because he was Spanish and, and, uh, and Luigi listen, was clearly Italian. Listen. Clearly. Because <laughs> Bob Hoskins wasn't Italian either, so I was like, oh. But he God. he was more believable. <laughs> like, I believed <laughs> that he was like some Italian New Right, that, that he actually wasn't a British guy. <laughs> yeah, like he, he he did that, but but John Leguizamo was just John Leguizamo, like right. He was Chi-Chi as as trade. Yes. <laughs> as Chi-Chi as trade. That actually would have made the movie more entertaining. Right. <laughs> if you find out the end, that's where she escaped to. Like. <laughs> right, like after the um after she won the um, right, she won the contest. <laughs> I want something new for my life. Let me go be a plumber now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you can only go down from winning this <laughs> I got the crown now so yes um, and let me think of one more mm-hmm. um, I actually like the Mortal Kombat movies okay um, hmm oh um, Daredevil mm. Daredevil I and Elektra would dislike that Daredevil and Elektra they were both terrible movies um, what's her name that played Elektra she was she should not do that I know, <laughs> I know she was good in Alias and stuff and right. she kind of Jennifer played, Garner Jennifer Garner yeah she plays those kind of roles or whatever but she was terrible as Elektra <laughs> um, it, it just felt miscast and I think Elektra was like some kind of foreign race yeah. or something mm-hmm. So yeah, they actually got her her ethnicity correct when they did the Netflix, a Netflix version. So, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But um, and and uh, yeah. Uh, what's his name? You know I'm terrible with names. Who the guy that played Elect- uh that played Daredevil? Uh, yeah, Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. Yeah, he. I didn't like him as Batman. I didn't like him as Daredevil. Like he should just <laughs> he not stay away from comic book movies. Yes, be, be like <laughs> moody drunk. Violent man that you usually are in all your movies. I'm dead, but <laughs> but it, being a superhero, I I don't believe it. It's, okay, it, I don't believe it. That's real. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> but but yes. What what are your? I'm I'm curious to hear yours. Like, if they're anything different than um, actually no, with the exception of one. Well, actually two, because Super Mario Brothers I have one. There I only have three for mine. But you started naming off ones that I was like, oh right. So first of all, um. Street Fighter. Street Fighter, I rank pretty high up there as being horrible. Uh, and for several different reasons. <laughs> Good Lord. Like, that thing was so bad. Why on earth Jean-Claude Van Damme would ever be cast as Guile is beyond me. Like, wh- wh- where was he from? Jean-Claude? I, I can't remember where he was. Austrian. I think he was Austrian, like, um, on a Schwarzenegger. I could be wrong. But, like, I didn't I didn't get it. I was like, no, that's never going to work for me. Um, <laughs> never, ever going to work. And I think, what was it? You didn't find out somebody became somebody until the end. I think it was Dalsim. I don't think you found out until the end of the movie that Dalsim became Dalsim. And I was Wait, way I'll, to the I end. Thought, I, thought, no, I thought Charlie turned into Blanca or something. That may have been what it was, too. Did they actually do the Charlie Blanca thing? I feel like they hadn't even done that in the film. Well, that's not... So, that's not even... Like, I think that came from the film, because that's not real. Because Charlie and Blanca are two different things in, yeah. in the in the game. That was always very confusing, because they ended up bringing it into the video game. 
and like it became a thing and i was like Wait, but now what? it's not a thing yes because Charlie, charlie was like died and yeah Blanca was still around and then they brought for the last street fighter like they brought him back to life or something he's like a cyborg zombie thing or something oh yeah like half his face is like metal or something i wanted to get that last one that last street fighter oh, game no. Um, yes. oh, oh no yes so i had um street fighter mk annihilation i love the first mortal Kombat. really i did and mind you my girl is in it sendell is in the second one isn't she oh i mean well they had a woman <laughs> in, in, a, in a sendell like costume <laughs> but um you're helping out my <laughs> argument right now i mean but that's that's along the, for, for me that's like along the lines of catwoman like it's like one of those like can't be like this is fun sort of thing just like batman and robin with uh listen yeah i, I could horrible watch, but i love that movie it's it's so entertaining i can't like poison it. ivy is just the most inner i mean i could do without um Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze. But it Poison was so, Ivy was so entertaining to me. It was so over the top. <laughs> it was so over. <laughs> and I had a crush when I got to play Robin. I don't know what his name Chris is. Chris O'Donnell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what he looks like now, but 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 at that time. Well, he's been um doing NCIS uh was it NCIS LA or something like that. Mm. Um for years. He and L Cool J have been doing that. Um but then also, what movie was I going to say? Because you made me... Re- oh, yes. The original X-Men movie. First of all, Last Stand as well. Last Stand to me is literally one of the worst movies ever created. Um, but the first one with that horrible-ass quote from Halle Berry that will go down in history is one of the worst. He's really looking at pictures of Crystal. <laughs> Crystal down right now. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, like what happens to a frog when it's struck by lightning? The same thing that happens to everything else? No. Whoever did that did that on purpose to her. <laughs> they they wanted her to have the worst line ever in film. But history. I feel like that line could have worked if it was a different kind of movie. Like what? If it was more campy and more like, if it was more like how you know how uh, Marvel movies now are kind of like funny ish and mm-hmm. they like make little like little wisecracks and stuff. I think it could have worked in that, but. In the way that those movies were made, they were all very serious. And mm-hmm. then it was like that one thing. Yeah. And it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yes, oh. <laughs> all I know is that, I, how old was I? I was, think, I was a teenager when it came out. Because I think the movie came out 99 or 2000. And I was literally about to get up out the theater. I mean, out my seat and leave the theater. I was like, no, this is BS. Because the movie already sucked from start to finish. Um, as someone who is a x-men comic book fan and i always tell people that i'm like you either started off with the comic books started off with the 90s cartoon or started off with the movies you you sit in one of those and as a comic book person i was often angry at the cartoon and the movies because they didn't go along you know i was like that's not canon at all like Mm. what's what's happening right now (laughs) i mean i just would have liked if they had better costumes and storm's hair didn't look like some cheap wig listen <laughs> the care for storm was non-existent yeah if they would have gave her her 90s costume and like maybe dyed Halle Berry's actual well I guess she had short hair back then but it still would have looked better than what she had listen first of or all, gave her a lace front or I mean or or some extensions I don't yeah know, something well like, my, my thing is is that I understand, especially in knowing Aurora's history, that she didn't necessarily have, you know, an accent that came from uh, the continent. Okay, we get that. However, 
more she still would have either had more of a regal way of speaking or she would have sounded British you know mm-hmm. so I'm like the fact that Halle Berry just came in sounding like Lakeisha from the corner was like this isn't going Not to work <laughs> then she didn't have blue eyes which is something that is specific to Storm you know mm-hmm. and you don't see that every day black woman blue eyes so I'm like was she scared to wear contact lenses I don't understand so I'm sitting here saying to myself when they make because they're on their way they're coming to the mcu you know so i'm like so when she comes the unfortunate thing is is that angela's too old now but she's also going she also is i mean um, but she still could do it because storm is older than everyone else not old enough she has to be able to be with t'challa so they're not gonna have a still how still they got a group back type situation i mean but i I don't think angela bassett looks that old and t'challa is like 40 and like, she's 60 something okay but does she look it yeah, to me compared to him yes well i mean like, well, either way if i feel like if if that if uh, i can't think of the actor's real name but if he can be become a superhero at 38 who they, that guy isn't he like 30 oh chadwick yeah he's like late 30s okay early 40s listen we don't i don't even know why we have this conversation because she's literally his mother so so that's dead well so i mean she... well yes but, <laughs> i mean well i actually forgot that part <laughs> but <laughs> so i'm gonna tell you what i think they should do so um and of course when we're recording this would be the time where i finally forget what her actual name is in the movie i remember it any other time except for right now lapita nyongo's character in the movie I think that we should find out that she was a rower the entire time and she was either undercover or like had amnesia or some stuff because she grew up with him. So I'm like, it really could be a situation where she was there all along. But that, I mean, but that, I think that would make people upset because she didn't grow up in the Wakanda. Right. Thing. Like this she, is true. She was like on the streets of Africa and then, yeah. and then she became like, I like worship, <laughs> worship like a god and all that type of stuff. <laughs> so. <laughs> I don't know. But see, okay, they could get mad about that. There are other things that they've done that haven't been canon. So I'm like, okay. I, I feel like that would be, if you got somebody who at least looked like her finally, I feel like they'd let something like that go. Would they have questions? Yes, because I know I would if I didn't have this yeah. idea right now. I feel like if you didn't come up with the idea, you would have been like, no. Yes. <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> I would have been like, why was she in Wakanda? That doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like, but it was also on the continent. So I would have been like, okay, she she at least was on the continent. Now the question becomes, how is it that, um, oh, I forgot the guy who ended up like kind of enslaving her, bringing her under his wing, the dude who had telepathy, um, something king, Shadow King? Yes, Shadow King. Um, I think it would have been like, well, how is it that he got into, you know, Wakanda or any of that other stuff? But yeah, there are a lot of different directions you could go in with that. Um, or they like. could just find some African woman to be Storm. Like, oh well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, I, for me, I feel like you only have but so many options if you want to have somebody who is going to have her look and be a good actress. You know, um, I don't think that's true. I mean, I feel I feel like we need to go and like reach out into people that aren't already stars. Well, no, I'm saying the opposite. Now, I agree with you. I'm saying oh. that if we go with somebody who's already in Hollywood, you'd be hard-pressed because there aren't a lot of people who look like her and can actually act. Right. Um, you know, so, no, I would be inclined to agree that we should find somebody who isn't as well-known. We and don't not, have to find... And like, not light-skinned. Right, listen, listen. <laughs> because my thing is, is that even if we had a storm that was either, that me or your complexion, 
she in the comic book she's she even gets as light as we are so i'm like i could see that everybody's looking for her to be dark but i'm like if you look at the comic book she's actually brown skin not dark skin so i'm like if you go dark skin people will be happy but at the very least she needs she can be a little lighter the thing is you just can't have her literally looking like her one of her brands could be white like that, that yeah like I it's don't. not like we don't want mariah carey storm listen <laughs> listen this is what i'm like okay this is very confusing to me um but with that being said okay so those are the faves and the worst um did you think of a, i know you said for as far as the sandwich did you have another at the end something oh, like, positive something about so i'm excited for the mortal kombat movie coming out Yes, because my baby is Jax. <laughs> oh, that made my whole day finding out that the sure pod is going to be. I'm sure it made a lot of things. Listen, <laughs> a lot listen. of things do things. <laughs> that big ass Scorpio. Yes, it's <laughs> a whole man right there, boy. <laughs> yes, I'm looking forward to that. Yes, that that should be really good. Um, I'm hoping that they like follow the newer game story. Yeah, and yeah. Which is going to be interesting, though, because it makes me wonder, like, how young are their kids going to be? So if they follow the storylines we have now, of course, their children will be in it. So how old do you think that the kids would be? Because Macaw is in his 30s, so. Oh, I, well, I didn't necessarily mean that. I'm, I oh, mean, okay. The kids you... could, I mean, this movie could just be kind of, like, you know how in the last Mortal Kombat, they went over the whole story again, but yeah. they redid it, like, that kind of thing. And then the kids can come maybe the next movie or something. Okay. Because I'm still not the biggest fan of the kids. Oh, uh, really? No. Oh, that's a whole... Okay. We need clearly need to have a blurred episode part two. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, uh, Jack's daughter is just... Jackie is just very... They're all very bland. I was going to say, <laughs> they bore me. They really yeah. do. While the two of them bore me, the... And here's the thing With I told so and Kung Jin. I was telling Mario that I played oh, I played the latest Mortal Kombat and once I beat story mode I didn't play the game again. Are the other two guys No, they're the, not in it. Okay. But and I actually I actually would have preferred them because I like Takeda had cool power, yes. like cool little little sword whip things and Kung Jin was just cool. Yes. And, and he's I was about to say I like that they had a queer character. A yes. Like what? <laughs> And then they took them both out. Maybe that's why I wasn't as interested in this game. Because <laughs> some of the people that I actually liked weren't in it. Is Kenshi in it? No, he's dead. See? this is a, And with that game, you never know when it's... But now that... Well, spoilers if you never played the Mortal Kombat. But right. now that Liu Kang has, is like a god and can go back and forth in time and stuff. Right. So, he can always bring him so back. So now they can really do anything. Right. Like any, <laughs> ain't, literally anybody can come back if they want yes. to. Yes. <laughs> so it, it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> He says, so disregard anything that I've said about death. Cause, yeah, because yeah. clearly Jade is dead, but she came back. But she right. Yeah, so. <laughs> Even though, wait, let's move on. Cause we, okay. We, we could, this literally uh, could be a whole episode. A deep rabbit hole. Because yes. I, 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 so, I have a lot of thoughts about that story. Okay. So, <laughs> so we clearly need to have an episode centered around <laughs> Mortal Kombat. Maybe we could do a brief healing. Um, I have shows called A Brief Healing that are mm. like 15 to 30 minutes. Okay. So maybe we could do that. And okay. That episode. Okay. So now we're going to get into Blurred Con. So it's not just, you know, a way of life. It's also coming to celebrate that way of life together. Mm -hmm. So this year's Blurred Con was pretty special for you. So could you first explain to the Misfits what Blurred Con is and then explain why it was so special for you? 
so BlurCon was a well is a convention um, that's held in Virginia, um, in Crystal City. It's kind of like a celebration of of black nerd culture. Uh, basically, uh, with a bunch of vendors, you can buy a lot of stuff. You can cosplay. Um, there's a lot of people from um, different shows, like voice actors and things. Like Estelle was there from um, from Steven, Steven Universe. Universe. Yeah. Um, so it's a really awesome thing that, uh, like I said, celebrates um, black nerd culture. Real quick, um, Steven Universe is every damn thing. I'll be remiss if I did not mention on our first Blurred episode that Steven Universe is everything. Okay, I just need to put that out there. That's something else that uh, the boo got me into. Because I, I definitely never watched Steven Universe. You did tell me that. Yeah. Because yeah, you knew that Austin and I would always watch it. Yeah, but he yeah. watches it all the time. Oh, like, it's the best. Literally all the time. And <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a season behind, and they have a movie now. So I'm like, I'm just real pissed. Oh, yeah. We, I got to catch up to the movie, too. Yes. Um, But, yeah, so... Uh, it happened. Um, I can't remember dates, but <laughs> but it happened like um, maybe two months ago. Um, and I got to cosplay at a con for my, for my first time. Um, and of course, I was Mario, mm-hmm. and the boo was Wario. So it was really cute. Um, a lot of people liked the costumes mm-hmm. and took pictures and stuff. I mean, we had a really good time. Um, and we were supposed to speak. Uh, well, me and one of my friends were supposed to speak on a panel about um, another, uh, like the, I don't want to call it intervention, the um, initiative that yeah. we started called Press Start, um, but the the panel ended up being, I think it's canceled, so we're going to be there next year speaking on it. Um, but yeah, BlurCon is really amazing. It's Unlike any of the other cons I've been to before, it was so much blackness and so much queerness and so much nerdiness everywhere that it was like I was like overloaded <laughs> with the uh, amount of things going on. So um, yeah, it, it's really great, and it's a lot of attractive people. So yes, gosh, you should come. <laughs> you <laughs> whatever, should come. Whatever you're into, it's there. <laughs> a lot of half naked. Peoples like some some Saiyans in there, some Mortal Kombat people. Mm-hmm. If you're in the girls, they was in there in the <laughs> bikinis and things. In their bikinis, yeah. Whatever gender you're into, right? They're there, <laughs> <laughs> including if they don't have a gender at all. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> so okay, so talk to the uh, the misfits about Press Start. So Press Start is a initiative started with my friend Gerard Davis. Um, so. It is basically a program designed to fight against, uh, like we talked about earlier, um, isolation. Mm-hmm. Um, isolation in the fact that we're not allowed to be ourselves in black spaces a lot of times and be as queer as we would like to be, along with um, discussions on health, uh, mental wellness, and provide testing for HIV and STIs. So it is... Um, it, we try to make it really all-encompassing um, and try to reach all the different parts of the different blurs because uh, if you didn't know, I work in HIV prevention work, uh, case management, things like that. So a lot of times we focus on the sexual aspect of people and we don't see that they like other things and they're, they struggle in other areas like, right like their mental health and like their need for friends and their need for uh, community so it made sense to me to make 
to create this program that I wish that I could have been in when I was younger so I could find other people like me, have safe spaces to go to, be able to play video games and comic books and watch anime and whatever we like to do, as well as be able to talk to someone about how I'm feeling and get linked to PrEP or get linked to HIV um, medications and uh, get tested for uh, STIs and all these things in the same package and not have to go multiple places. Yeah, yeah. So for those who, first of all, I think that's a great initiative that the two of you have put in place. Um, That's one. Two, if people are interested in Press Start, do they have to be in a specific city? Can they find information online? Like, No, not at all. So Press Start is actually um, a Facebook group. So it is... Wait, I feel like I'm unprepared. I don't know where my phone is. <laughs> <laughs> you just keep losing this phone. <laughs> I know, something flew into my eye. Okay, here we go. So the Facebook group for Press Start is... So it's Press Start Queer Gamers Unite. Okay. So if you go on Facebook and type in Press Start Queer Gamers Unite, um, just request and uh, I'm the administrator. So I'll be able to see your request and add you to the group. It's a really cool group that talks about, we, we post funny memes. We talk about serious things. Um, we make new friends uh, and we post about a lot of the events going on. So right now, all of the events are in the DMV. Uh, but hopefully we plan to expand in the future. So if you're ever, if you are in the DMV right now, or you ever plan to come here, there's always something going on. Um, whether it's a meetup or uh, the the monthly um, press start groups that are the last Friday of every month. So it's actually next Friday. Ta-da! <laughs> now this is next Friday when this is being recorded, Misfits. Just know it's not actually next Friday. Because this episode doesn't go up until October. So, oh. yeah. <laughs> well, it already happened. So, right, right. So, <laughs> so, it's the, so, so, hey, future people. So, so it, uh, it's actually, actually. Wait, wait, wait. There aren't any episodes in October. This doesn't go up until November. Oh, well, future, future people. <laughs> so, it's at the end of November now. There we go. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, Welcome to the fall, Miss Vince. Yes. <laughs> so, it actually will be. Um, November 29th. There so, we go. Yeah. Come on out. Absolutely, guys. <laughs> All right. So, you know, he's already family to the healing space. So we want to welcome for being here again. Did I, I did not say that right at all. We want to welcome him. Nope, that's not what I meant. We want to say thank you for coming back. Ta-da! Woo! That was a brain fart like no other right there. Okay, if people want to walk with you on social media, how can they walk with you? So it is Mario Gray on Facebook, and Instagram is super underscore Mario underscore 64. There we go. Make sure that you guys are walking with him. Reach out. All that good stuff. And thank you so much for being here, Bestie. Thanks for having me. All right. We will be back with good news. (laughs) And now it is time for good news. I'd like to thank Mario Gray for another awesome conversation. I love whenever he's on the podcast. I hope you all enjoyed a blurred conversation and learning more about blurred life. (laughs) Uh, I hope that we can have more of those conversations. I don't want blurred this one episode to be the only one that we have. Uh, But I'm going to keep this short and sweet. Um, My good news is that it felt great having that time off. 
It felt great being away from the majority of social media. And if I'm being completely honest, it felt good being away from this podcast. That's where I am now. In this journey of healthy selfishness, I'm realizing that even though they say Scorpios are very blunt and very direct, I need to be even more so in my life because it just, it frees you up. It really, really does. And when people know your heart, they know that what you're saying isn't meant to be offensive. You know, I love my misfit universe. I love the podcast, but I love me more. And it felt good being away from all of this. There's another episode coming up next week. And then after that is Black, Queer, and Unapologetic. And I love doing those conversations. But after BQ and you, don't know if there's an episode after that coming up anytime soon. Or it could be two weeks, could be a month. I'm not allowing myself to live in those spaces anymore. I'm good on it, you know. I'm good on the promotion of the podcast. I don't see myself going as hard as I used to. I just don't feel like it. It brings me stress. And I'm in a place right now where I just want to be chill. So for those of you who see the promotion online and it makes you want to come and listen, I'm grateful. I do this more now for those who stumble upon the podcast. (laughs) I do it more now for those who listen every week and they want to. If I get new listeners, that is a blessing and I'm forever grateful. If I do not at this point in my life, I'm good with that. All I seek is peace and understanding and knowledge and joy you know that's all i want that's all i want and love and love and that can't be found in a lot of what it is that i've been doing over the last few years especially when it comes to what it is that i put out i'm ready to pour in to me so that's my good news I hope that you all are subscribed already to the podcast. If not, then you can walk with us on Spotify, on uh, Stitcher, on Podbean, on SoundCloud, on Apple Podcast, on Overcast, or wherever you can find podcasts all over the place, including our official website, which is thspodcasts.com. Uh, you can also walk with The Healing Space all over social media. Most places will be THS Podcast. Um, and it's underscore THS podcast on Twitter. I'm Scorpiogi everywhere. And that's about it. I love you all so, so much. Healthy selfishness. Focus on that for yourself. And know what it is. <laughs> Before I leave, I need to stress this. Because I personally have people in my life who don't know what it's like to be healthy with your selfishness. They only are black and white and understand that if you're going to practice healthy selfishness, it has to be gray. So you can't be an extreme or one or the other. You can't just say fuck everybody or I'm going to put everything into everyone. That's not how it works. Healthy selfishness is that you can still show up for people, but you show up for yourself first. You know, take care of you before you decide that you're going to reach out and take care of everyone. And that has been my mistake. I have left myself in the cold and the dark just to make sure that everyone else was good. I for, for I decided that I was going to forgo my happiness so that other people could feel their joy. That's what I'm stopping. So I'm asking each of you to please pour into yourself and practice healthy selfishness. We can continue this conversation all throughout 2020. 
As a matter of fact, as you know, the first episode of each year, I delve into whatever the theme of the year is going to be. So we're going to come back to this again. But I love you all. And until next time, namaste. Namaste.